You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Well, hello everyone. Welcome again to the Bark Fire Podcast. I'm Michael, and with me as always is my good friend, Jay. And how's it going down in Texas? Uh, it's it's a little rainy. Uh, you know, we have a, rainy. Yeah, unfortunately, we have a little guy, a guest in the state who's uh, causing a little havoc. Uh, not so bad for me, but uh, for our good folks or listeners in Houston are having a tough time with them. So uh, I'm experiencing one of my first yeah, hurricanes. Har- Harvey, Harvey. Uh, Harvey showed up in Houston. Yes, so if did. you're uh, in Houston listening to us on the podcast, it's a good time to fly some seaplanes down there. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like rescue seaplanes. Yeah. Well, hopefully you're okay. And uh, if there's, um, you know, places to go or things to do, make sure you get out of the water and try to stay safe. So. Absolutely. Well, tonight on the uh, Park Fire podcast, we uh, have Alaska Mike. Last time we uh, talked about my um, my Yak 55, and we were trying to get Mike on the horn, and it wasn't working out. But tonight we have him with us. So, uh, Mike, welcome to the Park Fire podcast. Thanks, guys. I enjoy being here. Well, we enjoy having you. It's always fun to talk about uh, your uh, experiences up there in Alaska. And it seems that the last time we talked to you, we did a whole podcast on your Tame Cat build. But this time you actually uh, went out and flew it again. So you remade it, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Tell us how that went. So, so that went it went well. I mean, the, the plane flies really nice, and I really like it. They give you like low rates and high rates and stuff like that to to adjust. And mm-hmm. I found that uh, that the low rates are too too shallow for me, but they really make it very tame flyer. So I understand why they have it set that way. Uh, tame but enough, in tame enough to, that, to crash. <laughs> What, say that again? Is it tame enough <laughs> to crash? That's the point of having the tame cat, right? I, I don't like crashing it, so that's what you're saying. I, I, I don't, I don't want to crash it, right? <laughs> so, so well, that's um, why they call it so, the tame cat. So the problem I had though was that because um, I fly off a grass field, the wheels weren't very, they aren't very tall, so there's very little clearance for the, um, for the prop. So I did a lot of grass cutting um, when I try to take off, and so ended up right. having to do. <laughs> Full throttle takeoffs with the elevator fully pulled back, which is scary once it gets up to speed because it, you know, jumps right in the air. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't like that way that worked. I end up I end up breaking a prop, which makes sense, right? You're whacking the grass, you're gonna break a prop. True. And so I put a new prop on it, but I also uh, made myself a, a wheel. I made a wheel out of foam and a piece of wood. I found I found some round circles at Joanne's fabric store. You know they sell other hobbies, craft stuff, and I took one of those wheels and put a little hole in the center, and and then I uh, glued some foam to the side so that it had some width. It wouldn't be just a really thin piece of wood. And that worked out. Well, what well. kind What kind of foam were you using? I just used Depron, just to give it some width, and then I put a piece of a rubber band around the whole wheel to to. You know, so the so it's you know basically a wheel, right? So it's got a little uh, grip to it there. Uh, yeah, the I didn't need band. that for the grass, but I did it anyway just to see. You know, just to, so now is it taller or wider or both? It's taller, yeah. So it's about I went from an inch and a half wheel, I think they are, to a three inch wheel. I think I doubled the height. 
or maybe it was two and a half inch wheel. And that's but on the nose gear only, or did you do the yeah, main gear Yeah, nose gear, gear as well? only, yep. I, I didn't do it on the other ones. I just did it on the nose gear. So now it sits kind of a little more nose up, right? Yeah, which is perfect, right? Did it? Does it take off lift differently with that? I mean, because no, now no. you've got it in a little bit, a little bit more nose up setting. Yeah, but it doesn't doesn't really affect it too much. It probably takes off sooner, certainly because I'm not cutting any grass anymore. Um, sure, but but uh, no, it didn't. It didn't really. You know, it's not it's not terrible to it. So it didn't change the characteristics or anything of it. Not not drastically so. Uh-uh. Wow, that's well, that's good. I mean. Well, that's interesting. Me, so, uh, yeah, the interesting thing is that I was telling you guys that, that I think that the the prop I bought uh, it was probably one of the most unbalanced props I've ever bought. <laughs> now, who is the prop by, or is it just a Chinese knockoff? It's a Chinese knockoff. In order to balance it, and this is just to get a weight, you know, to figure out what kind of weight I needed to put on it, or, or what I needed to sand off, or whatever from the prop. It, I needed a, a whole a piece of electro tape the the length of one side of the prop. So it was, it's a 10 inch prop. So basically five inches of electrical tape in order to balance it. Nice. But the tape, the tape is the weight, right? You had to add that much weight to one side. Yeah. To one side. Yeah. Cause that's what you're doing. You're yeah, just adding right. the weight, right? So how, how did you do that? Do you use little pieces of tape or did you just start with one full strip and then cut it back? Well, at first, um, I did it with little pieces of tape, and then okay. um, I kept having to add more and add more and add more, and so it started to be challenging because now I had all these pieces of tape on the blade, and then I had to move. I was trying to move them around, and then they would get crinkled up, and so they wouldn't be flat. So I, I just started messing around. I finally took off. You know, I could see now I needed a whole piece of tape, that five inches of tape, like I mentioned, and so I just took off that stuff. Put in a, a continuous piece of, of tape, and then I was able to. I think I added maybe one or two other smaller pieces along the prop uh, to to hmm. get it to finally balance. Plus, I had to put some on the hub too, because sometimes those hubs aren't very balanced as well. So now, do you fly it with the tape on it? Uh, no, uh, the intention was just to get it to balance, so I could know how much weight and where to apply it. Oh, I ha- I see how you did it. Okay. So so now I have this piece of tape that. You know, now I don't know how much I need to So add that was just your mock-up. Where. Yeah, it's my mock-up, so I could balance it. Oh, that makes sense. Do you do that too, Jay? Uh, no. I, I usually, you know, I'll just go ahead and, and go to uh, just go and balance it. Like I, I did, I used to do that, and now I just I just whip out the nail polish or I whip out my, my um, Dremel tool and start, you know, whacking, whacking the blade and just taking stuff, taking material off. Oh, I got you. If it's that much, I'm a weight. shoe polish guy, by the way. A shoe polish? I, I use shoe polish. Yeah, I use uh, clear nail polish, uh, not shoe polish. Nail polish. <laughs> shoe Sorry. polish. That's uh, pretty shoe shiny. Shoe polish. Prop, yeah. Right? <laughs> now get, uh, get my boots while you're at. Yeah, it. no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do my shoes and my prop at the same time. It's all buffed out and it's real shiny. <laughs> I see. Uh, no, I use the clear. You know, you can go to the dollar store or whatever and get that real cheap clear uh nail polish and it, ha- it has the brush and everything in it which is very convenient and so i'll put it on the balancer and i have the you know the big um great plains balancers it's got all the you know rods and everything so i'll put it on the uh, on the desk and then i'll put the prop on there and i'll spin it until it stops and then i'll just take the you know a little 
dab of clear nail polish and just run it along the back of the prop till it balances. I just keep adding it till it balances. Yeah, I'd have probably been there a long time to do that, um, to just f- to figure out where the balancing was. So, so for me, the tape went a lot smoother. I have used scotch tape before on smaller props and just left it on there, and that worked. Yeah, like the GWS props and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, GWS. Yeah, right. It doesn't it doesn't come off? Usually. Yeah, no. I, no, I understand that too. But on the bigger props, like on the APC or my wooden props, really, I use the. The nail polish. Well, what and, and Mike, it, it is heavy, so I mean, um, you can put a, a fairly sizable, you know, glob on there, and you'd be surprised how heavy that nail polish is. You probably yeah. wouldn't have been there as long as you think you would have. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I uh, I didn't have any nail polish at the time to do it anyway, so that's why I used tape. Jay can send you some. He's got some. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, stole well, stole from my it. wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my wife hit all of hers. She won't. Uh, she won't. Let, I, I think I grabbed one of the most expensive ones, and I, she's like, "Have you seen that?" I was like, "Yeah, it's in my hobby room." She's like, "Yeah, okay, no, not anymore." So we had to go to the dollar <laughs> store and buy the buy the other stuff. The cool thing about it, though, is if you wanted to color your tip, you know, the tip of the prop, like you know, I have some white props that have red uh, tips. Uh, you can always use red fingernail polish, or or like what I did with my. Uh, the yellow one that was a black prop and had yellow tips, I, I just used the yellow nail polish and just, you know, taped off. And then I just used the polish until I got it on all three blades and got it, uh, you know, balanced. That's a great idea. Yeah. Then you've got to kind of got a little, uh, you know, a little color to your prop. It, it works out. Well, don't you guys think it's a good segue just to kind of maybe explain to the audience why you should balance your props? Because that's that's kind of like yeah. Go uh, ahead, Jay. I can. I'd like to explain that because um, (laughs) okay, Mike. Go ahead. This is what even. I mean, I I just put the prop on the plane, and I um I went out to maiden it with the new prop um, after I broke it and I I fixed the wheel, and uh, I started the motor up and it was like, you know, kind of giving a nice vibration sound. I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. That's probably just the wheel, you know, because. The wheel wasn't on very, wasn't tight, you know, it rattled a little. So I was like, okay, and I flew it. And I brought it back down after flying it for a little while. And I noticed that the screws on the wing had worked themselves out. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> but it didn't come off, but they had worked themselves out. And I was like, I don't remember that when I left, you know, when I took off, that those <laughs> screws were loose like that. So it basically vibrated those those screws out. To some level so then i was like okay well i guess the prop is really out of balance it's not it's not the wheel probably i mean that's a, so i put it on my balancer and then if you've balanced any props at all most of the time they just turn really slowly to where the heavy part gets to the lowest but in this case i put the prop on there and it's like swung down and stopped you know <laughs> like usually it sways back and yeah. forth but this just went Rolled right over and stopped, and I was like, "Holy crap, that thing is so..." Plunk, and, and took a chip so, out of the uh, out of the countertop. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, so that was my that was my hint. Now, that's extreme. I think I don't think you see that on a normal basis. No. Although I might see that on probably not. That I bought, but but yeah. Uh, yeah, and then then like I said, the key thing to remember is sometimes the hubs are unbalanced, so. Very true. Those are, uh, and sometimes your um, your spinner can be unbalanced too. So it could be a number of things. If you can actually get the whole thing put together uh, with the spinner prop and 
you know, hub and everything put in there. Sometimes you can balance it out. But it is important to balance your prop. Uh, I've flown with guys, and, you know, they're like, what's that horrific noise? Yeah, well, your prop is unbalanced, and as a result, it vibrates. And for those of you that have balsa wood-type airplanes, like Mike, uh, that balsa wood has a frequency. So when that prop is out of balance, it actually resonates through the whole wood structure. And as a result, you saw what happened. It can back out your screws. Uh, sometimes it can back out the motor mounts. Servos. Uh, screws. What's Servos. That? Servos. Servos. Yep. It can do uh, any of those that uh, that are just screws that are, you know, tapped Just in. think anything so, critical. Um, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll only, bounce, it'll only <laughs> screw out the ones that are critical. Yes. Yeah. Those worthless ones that you have put for in the there. Pilot or, for the pilot or, you know, <laughs> or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Right. So I would suggest using a blue Loctite if you're doing metal uh, screws for the motor mount into a metal um, blind nut. You can do that, and, and that'll stay pretty well. And then if you're just screwing like a servo down into wood, I would use uh, some CA, some thin CA, and it'll harden the wood and kind of make it uh, a little bit you know, tougher to back out. But if you just did it into balsa wood, you can pretty much expect some of those to be very loose if you're flying around on an unbalanced prop. Right. And and like you said, nine times out of 10, you, you'll hear it. I mean, after, after a while, you know, once I kind of got hooked on balancing props, after a while, I could hear if anybody else was a flying a plane that had an unbalanced prop uh, or one of my own planes was, you know, the, the prop was really out of, uh, was really unbalanced. And like you said, with a, a balsa plane, not only does the, the balsa vibrate, but it also vibrates like the monocoat or whatever that's on it. And it, <laughs> and it makes right. like an echo chamber and you'll just kind of, actually, sometimes it'll <laughs> it sound really, really cool. It'll make your plane, you know, make this really good <laughs> right. roaring noise. And you're like, wow, that's, that's really cool on an electric motor, you know, uh, even though pieces sure. of it are falling off as you're flying, but, uh, <laughs> it does happen. But, uh, well, I'm glad you were able to catch that Mike and, uh, uh, you know, and and knock it out. Nothing catastrophic happened. That's anyway. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have been that. could have been the end of that plane for sure. Yeah. Well, it, it uh, sounds like you were successful with it, so that's the most important part. Are you still liking flying it? I know last time we asked if you uh, really enjoyed it, you said you did, but now you've you've got how many flights on it now? Probably five or six. Okay. And, and that and was still you know, enjoyable that was before I broke the prop, right? And then and then I just had uh, one. Uh, after, because you know the, the prop wasn't working very well, so I didn't fly it after that. I gotcha. But you, you've flown it since you put the new prop on. Yeah, yeah. That, that's oh, okay. that. That's that. Okay. Where the where the screws almost got backed out. That, oh that, right. That, okay. But not the new balanced prop. Just just the new prop. I gotcha. That, that's when I decided maybe I should balance the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After the screws back out. Yeah. It's always. It's never good to have a crash and then go. Wow, I should have done something different. So. Oh, I agree. I agree. So totally Alaska, Mike. It. So so totally basically, good. to finish up on the you know for your prop. So you 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 went with electrical tape. You finally just electrical ta- got electrical tape to the thickness you wanted, or did you remove some material then put the electric tape on the other blade? Or I I, I kind of no, lost I just that. did electrical tape directly. Okay. Uh, the goal was to figure out how much tape was going to be needed, right. and then. And then from there, I would decide, well, maybe I should sand it or maybe I should use nail polish or whatever. Right. And so but at this point, it's just balanced with the tape. Okay. So that's, I'll, that's pretty I'll good. I'll need to balance it. Well, I'll need to balance it differently if I think if I believe the tape's going to fall off. 
that's what I'll have to do. Well, I will say for most folks, uh, you know, for, for myself, for your situation, if something's that badly out of, you know, out of whack, I will take, you know, the Dremel or I'll take my, you know, uh, I'll take a piece of, uh, sandpaper and sand it. You know, the only bad part about sandpaper, you have to be careful with it. But like I said, this one sounds like it's really out of whack. So you probably had to remove a lot of material. So it's okay to use like the Dremel tool, you know, with the drum sander and kind of take some of that, you know, material off. Um, I know that when you have something that's a little closer, you know, where it's, it does the more of the slowly, you know, coming into range or whatever. That's why I kind of like, uh, as Mike down in uh, Arizona likes to do, I like to use the nail polish because, you know, you put a, a nice dollop of that on and you can spread it out and you can put quite a bit on and after it hardens, it, it stays on, it doesn't fly off. Um, not that, you know, transparent tape on a GWS prop, really, I don't have, it never really came off. Uh, the only thing I'd say that happened to it or for the tape coming off is that the more, like if it's a model, you really fly a lot and you fly it outside sunlight hits it and it deteriorates the tape, you know, and it kind of flings off after a while. And that's just another, I, I haven't really have it, you know, come off unless you have a strike against the ground where the uh, nail polish will actually come off. So I'm, I'm really a big fan of the nail polish. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I use it a lot. Actually, that's all I use. I don't think I've ever used tape. I have had the nail polish uh, nail polish come off on me before. Oh, you have, and it's probably because I needed to like you probably need to sand the. Did you put Did you put like a big do that right drop on there, or did you pa- kind of paint it on? I don't know. I think we lost. I think them. We lost them. <laughs> well, well, Mike, thanks for joining us on the Pirate Flyer. Well, podcast. you know, up in Alaska, he can only have a half an hour on the phone. They they yank him. <laughs> well, I feel there's, terrible. I was going to ask him to stick around. There's only for the one rest line, of the and uh, you know, there may be a squirrel or a moose. And his turn was up. He needs to make a call. <laughs> it's like it's like prison. <laughs> the guy behind him's like, "My turn," and he unplugs. Exactly, him. just hangs up the That's phone. Terrible. Next. Yeah. Yep. This just, just <laughs> I feel it's bad. Just us too. Well, Jay, you have a new build. I do. And uh, let's um, let's talk a little bit about your build because we mentioned it last time. Yeah. And you said you got a SU-35 from... Hobby King, of all places. Um, and, you know, normally when we get a Hobby King plane, we, we normally have to modify the heck out of it, right? For some odd reason. I And, it, and it's usually because there's something wrong with the model, and we have to jump on it and, and modify it. Um, this one, really, um, it's been a long time since I've gotten a plane, and I've noticed that the plane really doesn't have any problems with it. Um, this one... I was really impressed with it just getting it out of the box because it was the bo- even how they packed the box. I've never seen a box packed with this much thought in it. When I opened up the box and and looked at, it, I go, "Oh, look, here's, you know, the fuselage and here's uh, the stabilizers. You know, I wonder what's going on." And I said, "Well, where's the rest of the the model?" It wasn't until I was looking for I had ordered some batteries with it. And I was like, "Well, where are the batteries?" I was looking in the box and I looked under underneath the the styrofoam and I, I picked it up and I said, holy crap, there's a whole other plane on the back side of it, of the box. You know, normally you get a box, you get your stuff in the box, you know, and then that's it. Well, this, they had, they had molded the box in such a way on the other side of the box is the other half of the plane. So, uh, the wings. So wait, you have one. So, so the box is two sides, two one, sides. one side. 
Yeah. It's two sides. Yeah, two sides to the box. So right. one side was the was the fuselage and like I um I think like the stabilizers. And then on the other side were the wings, the accessory, you know, ports and hatches for, you know, uh push rods and stuff like that. And all the other bits and pieces of the canopy and whatever else, you know, goes to the plane. But everything was molded, taped over. Uh it was it was really pretty neat. So there was just a couple of pieces of uh, tape that held all the pieces in. They were all protected. Uh, the slots were all molded for them. There was no damage on the plane. I pull all the pieces out, and I have to say it had one of the best paint jobs I've seen on a on a molded model in a long time. And as you could probably hear, my phone is beeping a lot. So I think uh, Alaska might might have gotten his line back, and he can come back in. Why, why don't we check here and see if he, he's able I to think get back so, in line. too. I, uh, I just got a message, but Mike, you're still with us, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm back. Oh, he's back. Okay. Oh, good. He's back. Yeah, so. I punched Whoa, that guy in perfect. the nose. And now I got the line back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we wanted to know. <laughs> Tell that guy to get lost and you grabbed the only line up there back. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, I was good in the news. middle of the podcast. He didn't get that. So I, 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 so you put him down, right? Sometimes you got to do What's that. a podcast? And I, I said, I don't want to explain it. And that's it. <laughs> You eat that with cheese? That's pretty funny. Anyway, um, <laughs> just, so uh, well, glad to have you back on. So when you uh, okay, so Jay, yeah. when it it came in the box, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, it it was painted in like regular colors, so you didn't have to do any painting no, or anything. No about painting, it came, no it's, painting. It's at all. foam, right? Yeah, we're talking about a foam. Yeah, so the the foam's all painted. Uh, it had a really nice uh, paint job. I was rubbing all on it. You know how sometimes you get uh, an EPO model. This model's Wait, made out of EPO. I like this model. I'm going to rub all over it, <laughs> baby. You know it, Mike. I just got on that thing, put on some Barry Manilow. No, so um, but you know, you you rub you rub a model, and sometimes if they put too much releasing agent, you like you can flake off the paint, right. or, the, or the or the paint just comes off if you handle it too much. Well, this the the paint job True. on this thing was really nice. You could you know really get manhandle it and the paint didn't flake off or, or come off or anything. And I was kind of impressed with that. And it was, you know, rather well, well masked and painted. And, um, I, you know, I liked the paint job and then they give you a, a roll of stickers to put on it however you want later on. So, you know, you can make different models. Um, so I was kind of, I was really impressed with that. The second thing that I, as I was looking through the parts, um, and, and as you know, for most of the Chinese models that you may get sometimes, you know, you have a nice model, but they give you like the flimsiest hinge or they, or you get a control rod and it's, you know, paper thin right. or you, or they, or they give you like push rods. Oh, oh, one piano yeah. wire. You know, it's like you can't even hold it out straight. Yeah. It starts, it's to all bend. bendy or something or, or in the wind, it's getting right. blown over, you know, that type of thing. It's just these, these sure. really substandard parts that they give you. Well, this one, I was really impressed. The control horns were this nice thick plastic. So, you know, it, um, it didn't bend. It didn't, you know, roll over sometimes, you know, when they're really thin like that, it was really nice. I was really impressed. Plus, um, the one, uh, this control horn, you know, you push it through the plastic, there's a hole for it. You push it through the plastic and then normally you'd have like this little locking tab. On the oh back. yeah. On the other side, it's a, it's a little plastic piece that locks right. it and in it's place. Kind of like has little ratchet right. marks in it. Right. And you kind of push it through. Yeah. Um, yeah. but they're really flim, you know, on all, most models, they're really flimsy. So you usually would put a little dollop of glue or hot glue on the back of it to make sure it wouldn't slide out. Well, on this one, right. it, it, you know, made a really firm, you know, one of the real satisfying manly, you know, click, click, click when you pushed them, you know, when you pushed it down and ratcheted it down. So I really like that. Came with plenty of carbon. So they have, uh, they have one like 
uh, for the wings. They have this one thinnish um, carbon rod. I'd say it's about, I don't know, two millimeters thick. It doesn't seem very thick at all. But the nice part is for the body of the plane, they have two square tubes of carbon tubes that go through it. Right where the, uh, like I said, this plane doesn't have a propeller in the, on the front of it or it's not an EDF. It has, it's, it has a prop and it's mid-bodied. So it's right in the middle of the body. And so basically this plane is sent to you in two halves. And so that's kind of like the way it's packed. It's the one half on one side, some wings on the other side type of thing. And so where it joins together, it goes on these carbon tubes and kind of snaps together and then you glue it down. And they, so you get a nice stiff body. The wings are attached to those right where those carbon rods are, uh, square or square tubes are. So uh, it glues in and you don't really need a, a huge wing spar because everything's kind of glued really tightly together. So um, I'm, I'm quite impressed. I, I really did like the way this model was put together. And this is a mid, like a mid uh, body propeller, right. right? So if anybody out there has flown... Um, like the profile style planes uh, made out of, you know, blue core or just foam board. And you built a plane that just, you know, that had, it was mid, you know, where you had the engine mid bodied. Uh, and we made a lot of these like profile style planes. This is exactly oh, yeah. like those, Tons except that it has way more detail um, because it has a canopy that you can put a pilot in, um, you know. Uh, the de- so it's not a flat pro. It's a, it's a molded, Mid body right. prop, it's a, yeah, molded EPO mid body prop plane. So, uh, wow. and I was just intrigued with it because I, you know, like I said, we've flown lots of these planes; they fly really nice. And I just saw the detail right. in this one, and I was like, oh, I, let me, you know, let me go ahead and get that. That looks pretty cool. It does. It sounds cool. I'm, I'm excited. It does. It's got a Russian paint job, or it, yeah, it, it's what kind of paint it's set up with a typical Russian paint job for you know for that particular series of plane. Um, uh, and the thing that's nice is that they give you, a, you know, a, a roll of stickers so you can kind of set up, I think, like two squadrons, you know, different stickers that you could put on it. So that's kind of nice. So you can have. Are a, they water slide decals yeah. or they're just uh, like vinyl I, stickers? Uh, no, they're not. I don't think they're just plain stick on typical, you know, that come with most of the models. So it's nothing special there. Gotcha. You just peel it. So and peel stick it and stick it. No, no water or licking on them required. <laughs> it's like a stamp, you know. I hate that glue. <laughs> so, uh, how how far along are you in the build? Uh, I'm about halfway. So, I haven't joined the two halves together, meaning the front half of the fuselage with the rear half of the fuselage. So, I haven't gotten that far, but I've put all the control horns on. I've um, put the what uh, I would say is is the canopy on, uh, but the canopy's in two sections. So uh, I know how that's kind of hard to ex- explain. Well, it looks like the section where you would put the battery in that first half of the fuselage, they give you a right. cover and you're like, oh, well, this must be for the battery. No, that's just to complete the first half of the, the aircraft. And then so you have something that looks like a battery hatch for the for putting the batteries on, but it goes pretty much from the nose cone back to where, uh, you know, back to about the body of the plane. Um and the actual canopy that you can see through sits on top of that. So uh, first you have to glue down that first part. And so I glued the first part on. I haven't put the canopy on. Uh, and it just lays right in there. It's all slotted. So just you just put some glue in. Just put it in after you put your pilot in. Um, 
so I'm right at that stage. And I've, I think I've glued on, um, like the spar for the wings. Um, and basically you don't glue them into the wings cause you put the wings on last. So you glue, you glue it to the body first and then slide the wings on. You know what I mean? So I've done that. So um, how, how big is the wingspan? Uh, I'd say the wingspan is, uh, uh, I guess about 20 inches. Yeah. They're, thereabouts. And the plane. Wow, so that's almost two feet long, two feet wide. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I want to say it's, yeah, it's about almost two feet wide. So it's a fairly large, it's a fairly large yeah, it's model. fairly large. More, it was bigger than what I thought it was. And then it's, I don't know, let's see here. Uh, I'd say it's about, I'm whipping out my quick measuring device here. <laughs> Yeah, because we keep measuring devices yeah. right so next to the it's podcast. About, it's about three foot long, about two foot wingspan. So it's 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 a fair. Well, it's, it's pretty sizable. Yeah, but it's still big enough to you know throw it in your car and you know drive it around or something. But it's it's bigger than a pro what a typical profile plane would look like. So this thing looks like you can see it in the air uh, quite a ways away, but perfect for park flying. You know, it's just one of those things. No landing gear, no nothing. You just kind of release it and fly it. So uh, it's also quite lightweight. Um, the motor I'm using actually is one of the motors that I use for my profile planes, you know, back in the day. Uh, I just slapped right. that one on there. You could pretty much modify it. Well, not modify it, but you could pretty much use any quadcopter, a couple, you know, quadcopter motors, um, maybe a couple of motors that you use for, you know, if I really wanted to overpower this thing, I could have put uh, the model for the tough wing, the, the motor for that on there as well. Um, so that's just one of the things that... Uh, uh, you can, you know, you just have to work it out. Maybe you have to modify the slot ever so slightly to make it fit on there, but um, you can make it work. How big of a prop? How big of a prop? Uh, it can only take a six-inch prop in that slot, so that's as big as okay. you're going to go. Now, depending on what motor you go with, right? You can cheat a little bit. You could put a tri-bladed prop on there. So I could put a six-inch, you know, tri-bladed prop, which gives me the equivalency of flying a seven-inch prop. So I could go with the, you know, once again, a different motor if I wanted to. But once again, you know how it is when you start overpowering things. Now you got a bigger motor, you got a bigger battery, you know, and, it, right. and now, it's, right. now you're flying it out of spec. You're trying to make it fly 10,000 miles an hour. And really, I don't think uh, this model needs that. More power. <laughs> I know. That's what we need. <laughs> well, you know. Well, that's usually our. So, if you put a three-bladed prop on there, would you be able to land it without touching the prop? Yes. Does it have enough underneath yes. it? Uh, well, think about, uh, you know, any of the uh, MIG-style planes, uh, the SU series. You know, they usually right. have that large intake underneath the plane. So Correct. this, has, this blade... has it in there, and the way the, the motors are kind of molded on the plane, um, it provides you with that enough lift so that you're really, you know, depending on, you don't have to kind of time it right so that you're not getting a prop strike. With this and the clearance that they give you with, with the intakes and everything, you shouldn't you shouldn't be striking the prop when you land. You shouldn't have any problems with that. But you couldn't set it on the ground and take off from the no. ground. No, no, no. You, okay. <laughs> you still have to toss it. No, definitely not. So you, you do have a little bit of prop tip that right. comes below it, but not enough yeah, to make but not it enough to, to do any damage okay. or anything like that. So I, I don't think you can just set it. And on how the how much? What's the all up weight? Guesstimate? Well, uh, I'm going to be flying a 2200 uh, milliamp battery with this. The motor, uh, probably about oh, a, a pound, battery. pound and a half, pound and a quarter by the time I get done with this. 
Hmm. You know, I'll 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 well, wait it all out. It's heavier Next than time I we, thought. we have a we, we come back on. I'll tell you. Yeah, it's very cool. My only problem, you know, like I said, this mo- it's very well thought out. It's you know, I don't know who they got to help them with this because you know normally there's, <laughs> and I don't mean to be knocking <laughs> on, on these guys too much, but it's just because it's just it's been a long time since I saw a model so well thought out from the way they packed it in the box to you know how they have all the pieces going together because I'd say there's about mm, one two three four five there's only six about six pieces that go together you know you have the two tail pieces for the you know, for your rudders that just slap into, they go into slots, your elevator, uh, the, you know, your elevators, uh, are all molded and they're all on the, that's all the back half of the plane. That's all molded together. So there's nothing that you have to do there. You just have the two wings, uh, the motor, the, the like EDF slots, that's one, that's a whole piece that goes on. And then the intakes, that's a, that's a piece. And the intakes actually cover over your servos that control that control this thing. And there's, and this plane only needs two servos. So it's an Elevon style plane, similar hmm. to our wings. Wow. Well, okay. Well, I, 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 the, the 2200 battery is concerns me. That's, that's a lot of weight for that. You would, yeah. So you could fly, you could fly this with like a 1500, a 1300, I'm sure. Um, but from everything I'm reading, the guys are flying with a 2200 size, you know, size battery, no problem. One of the things that, you know, I think when this plane was designed, I think they designed it for, for flying with like maybe like a 1300, 1500 size battery. They put a, um, a stop strip, you know, an ED, uh, they molded a EPO stop strip in there. So, that, you know, to stop the battery from sliding forward. So one of the right. mods that I did to the plane was I cut that out after reading, once again, I, I went over to RC groups, read what those guys had to say. I cut that strip out. And then I was able to, um, now I'll be able to put the motor a little forward to, uh, offset, you know, uh, for the battery weight and the motor. Um, and that's the other big problem with this plane. Uh, they give you a, the battery compartment actually is a, is fairly good size, but, um, it doesn't go that far forward. It doesn't go up in the, like the tippy, the tip of the nose, like you would think it would go. Like I said, that's just a hollow area right underneath the, uh, the canopy. But if you, let's say you put a real, you know, you got crazy like we usually do and you stick on a big motor in the back, well, you're going to have to put the battery up front in that compartment. Well, you can still do that. You could modify this where, you know, you could use part of that upper, that upper section. You know, it's just going to take a little bit more of a mod. And there's just a couple of guys that did that. And it's like I said, on our suit groups, if you went over there and searched around, you could, you could find that thread and see what those guys did. But, you know, I, I wanted to keep it semi-stock. Um, so I, you know, like I said, I didn't want to super overpower it the first time. So, um, I just, right. I, I did want to go that route, but it seems like it, I can use my, the, the battery compartment that's molded in, uh, with no problem. Well, and, and the paint job is kind of interesting too, because it's a two different colors, right? It's got a gray on the top and a, uh, actually like a it's uh, green on the three bottom. Diff- uh, it's four different colors. So they have a gray that goes on the nose, uh, highlights it a couple of places, and on the on the on the tailpipes. Then they have a gray that that's the primary color that goes over most of the body of the plane. Then they have uh, what is that uh, eggshell blue? What's uh, what's that military blue that you use? Uh, Robin, Robin eggs egg blue or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that that you. That's the one on, I use for my yeah, A4, on your A4 I think. that you yeah. that you painted. Right. Um, so it's that color right. blue, 
uh, on the bottom of the, on the, of the aircraft. And then they have a gold and that goes on the intakes of the engines. Um, and along the engine pods themselves are painted this gold color. So, um, that's it, quite nice. striking. Nice paint. Now, job. of course, I said it had a great paint job, and I was handling it and had no problems. But I did run into a problem with this. Um, okay. <laughs> quite horrible problem with it. Um, okay, so it's EPO. You could use whatever you want to assemble this. Um, you could use GWS style glue. You could use um, you know whatever you use for glue. Uh, most EPO builds, you could use CA, you know, that type of stuff. Well, I, I decided to use CA because one of the things I read about the model was that although the model looks good, it's well thought out how they made all the pieces fit. Well, I guess the, when they do the molding, when things pop out of the mold, they don't actually, they don't actually fit right. They, they fit but they don't fit, you know, they just don't lay on top of each other perfectly. Right. Well, because there's a little bit of a gap. Right. There. So you get some gaps. So what I noticed is that when you applied pressure and held the pieces, you know, and pushed against the plane and everything, everything got all nice and tight and everything fit perfect. So what I, what I reckon was happening when these guys were gluing it together, um, they'd put on the glue, put the pieces together, and then they just let them, you know, form up. So... I was like, well, if I use CA, then I can, as I, you know, I, I could put C, run CA around it, you know, thick CA, push the pieces together, and then I can hold a piece, spray, you know, spray our uh, kicker on it, and just go around the plane, hold it nice and tight, even everything up, and I can get it all nice and flush. And it looked like it, that was working until I sprayed on the kicker. And <laughs> although the <laughs> although the plane, you know, Went together fine, and the, the paint job seemed really well. Well, I had no idea, but when the kicker touched that paint, that stuff just started sliding off and having problems, dude. And so I'm sitting there trying to spray the kicker, like, right on the seam so that it would just run along the seam or something. And um, right. I, I really was, I could have done this, but I wasn't thinking too well. And as you know, a kicker, when you spray it, sometimes it sprays to the right, sometimes it sprays to the left. It never sprays where you want it. Um, so never. It, so it just sprays all over. The last time Michael was down here helping me put my, my Stuka together, um, you know, he was like trying to get some thin CA in places and the, the nozzle was too big. It was pouring down his arm. You know, he's glued himself to my mom's, you know, tight table. Uh, and I, I said, well, why don't you use one of these? And I kind of hold up a little bulb with a little, you know, nice microscopic end that you can just, you know, put a little dab right where you want it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that, that, that would have worked, <laughs> you know. So uh, in this case, had I went and got that thing and just sucked some of the uh, kicker out, I could have just dribbled it right where I needed it, right down the seam, and it would probably would have been no problem. But I tried to spray it all over the place, all over the front of the plane, and I basically removed half the paint off off of the plane. So I, I was gonna suggest that by the way, you use that little bulb you you know. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah, you, hey, you, you, you use this did, one. So, you know, but it was after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Yeah I, I well, think hindsight's twenty twenty there, but Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's kinda like we talked about your uh cowling. Uh, I think last week or so, just how your, you know, your, your spray paint and everything is looking good and you spray painted it over another paint and, you know, then it bubbled, you know, right. yeah, yeah, then turned right. into a Picasso, you know, rendering. Uh, so that's <laughs> with, with mine, it, it was just, you could see these big splotches of 
paint. Well, I guess it's more Soviet-like. It looks more Soviet-like because it, it's definitely paint flecking off and uh, ripped off big fingerprints. So it's been sitting in. There you go. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll make it out that this has been sitting in the yard somewhere in, in, there you go. during the cold Soviet uh, winters or something. I don't know. Go rub some dirt on it. That'll there cover you it go. up. You know, just, it'll look dirty and sooty. <laughs> you know, uh, it'll look yeah. all realistic. So I, I, it, it just kind of pissed me off at the time, um, just because it was such a nicely painted model that, uh, you know, that I ruined and, you know, as I'm touching it and I'm just pulling off my fingerprints and pulling off, you know, it, it just was a disaster, dude. So, you know, yeah, it's frustrating. Yep. I've been there. Yep. It's so, but other than that, this plane, if, if you were to just build it stock, uh, I'd say it'd take you about less than two hours to put this plane together. You know, they give you a nice instruction booklet, nice colors in it and everything, you know, it's, it's colorful and it's uh, not too hard. Of course, you know, I can't let things, you know, I see something and I just can't let it go. or I don't like it. So I had about three or four things that I didn't like and I had to mod it. And that's what I'm kind of, that's why it's not done. I'm, I'm kind of modding a few things. Um, Such as? Okay. Uh, like I told you before, this plane is an Elevon style plane. So it just basically, uh, it, it's hooked. Okay. So like I said, it only uses two servos. So the servos go... Uh, right to the ailerons like normal, right? You'd set it up and, you know, for it to work. Except that they have two extra linkages that go from the servo controls of the elevator that also go to the elevators. So it's aileron to elevators. And and it joins them So they both work simultaneously. They both work simultaneously. So you set it up. You have a control surface on the back of the wing and you have an elevator on the back of the tail that work in the same direction. Right, and they work in unison. So, you know. Okay. So if you go to pull up and they both both of the ailerons go up, you know, then the elevators both go up as well. So uh, now the neat part about that, when you have that kind of control, typically it lets you maneuver really quickly. So if you, if you oh yeah, you do a cobra maneuver very yes. easy with that. You can turn inside. You can your basically body turn like. inside yourself and do things. Now the problem is, is that when you go to do an axial roll. It will do. That's it'll do. Work. It'll look more like a barrel roll because you normally can't yes. get those yes. control surfaces to move perfectly in unison, and then it's ma- then correct. it's magnified by the ones in the back. So your elevators are a bigger control surface, and they're kind of off. And so basically, when you go to roll, it makes these really wonky rolls. Right. So you know that's not terrible. I mean, I, you could live with that. But I I thought to myself, well. You know, like you know, this is a nice model. I'd like to for it to, you know, be able to make nice rolls and and do some maneuvers. So what I did was I went ahead and I separated those controls out. I took that control rod. I'm not going to put those control rods in, and I'm going to add two more nine gram servos in to operate the elevators. Um, and so it just so happens that when you join the body, the two body halves together that slide in on those. Uh, on those tubes, uh, square tubes, there just happens to be enough room on right there on the body where you can cut into the body and you can put a nine gram servo in. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to add the servos back nice. there. So now I'll have a regular control for the plane and then I'll probably put a mode switch on so I can switch it between those two modes where I have all the control surfaces acting as one or acting as a normal aircraft. So depending on what maneuvers I'm doing, I can just flip flip a switch and I can 
have it where I can turn inside itself and do really tight maneuvers and then flip a switch and I have more conventional controls. Well, you got to remember, this is the same exact thing that I did with uh, my F-15 that made it so maneuverable <laughs> as you said in the, last, in the yeah. podcast that we did. So just FYI, it should be a fun maiden when you go yeah, What there. could go wrong? <laughs> I know. What could go wrong? I'll bounce the props. Speaking, of, maid, speaking of maidens, I did a couple today. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I, um, Phil, one of the guys at the park, had a kunai that he uh, had been working on for quite some time. And he brought that out, and then oh, now what's a kunai? It's the glider, the motor glider. Oh, okay. From Great Plains, uh, uh, Great Plains, or I believe okay. so. Yeah, it's a Great Plains uh, motor glider. It's red and black. It's got um, basically two or elevator rudder and aileron. Okay, and then the motor up front. It's got a, a carbon fiber boom for a tail, and Phil does a good job. I I really like his stuff. You know, he, he's a great builder, and I usually don't have any tweaking to do on his. But this one was a little bit off. The rudder uh, needed some adjusting, and the ailerons needed to be put, um, you know, level. So we got that all figured out. Uh, it's got this really strange canopy. The canopy is really light, super lightweight, and it has a, a pin on the front and a magnet on the back. So you just slide the pin in, and then the magnets touch. And it holds the, you know, the canopy on. Okay. Of course, it being a glider, it's really tight up there uh, to get that battery and what, SC, what, what size know, battery? SC and everything in there. Uh, you know, I think it was a 1300. Um, I don't really remember. I, I wasn't the one that put the battery in. He did. Okay. So I, I didn't really check. But it's it's not long, so it's got to be somewhere around 1,000 or 1,300. And anyway, made sure all the control services were uh, working. And we did a glide test, and then the glide test it wanted to kind of roll a little bit uh, to the left, so I adjusted the rudder a little bit, made sure the ailerons were nice. We did another glide test; it worked perfect. The one thing that I did find about the Kunai, uh, it needed a lot of up elevator. He he dialed the rates down. You know, when we did the glide test, it just kind of constantly headed towards the ground. It didn't have this nice even. Um, you know, glide. So I had to actually put a little bit more up aileron in or up elevator. And then I adjusted the control throws to be a little bit more aggressive. Could, could you move the battery back anymore? Cause it also sounds like it might've been. Nah, a the, yeah. I, I thought about that. It was balanced. Um, you know, the CG was right where it needed to be. There's not a whole lot of room in the front end of that thing. So I could move the battery back maybe a couple of centimeters. Not, I mean a couple of millimeters. So it, it didn't really move back right. very far at all. And it, it kind of hit the ESC and, you know, the wires and stuff in there. I, I've got the same problem with mine, you know, my hotliner right, rider. Right. But anyway, it, it worked out, and uh, we did another glide test. And with that more aggressive up elevator, I got it to glide, uh, you know, probably a good 20 yards. And I told the guys, you know, all right, let's give it a chunk. And I – I told him we were going to do another glide test, so we, he tossed it, and when he did, I hit the, the motor, and I took it up three or four mistakes <laughs> high, and we were flying around in it. So they were all excited. It, you know, I was getting it all trimmed out. I came over the park, and next thing I know, out of the, you know, I was watching the model, something departed off of it. Whoops. I thought it was something off the tail because the airplane was going away from me, right? and I was pitching up 
to climb and something departed. I was a little panicked. The, now, uh, uh, so he was standing right I next to you. That, so did you say, hey, something, oh, something yeah. came off? Look, I, I look did. For it. Okay, something, good. exactly what I said. I go, something departed the airplane. I still have control. I don't know what it was. And I'm a, well, it's fluttering. It's fluttering. And, and you said, I'm just going to keep flying? <laughs> Well, no, I was coming around, but I chopped the throttle and made sure that I had elevator because that's the main part, and I tested the rudder. I had rudder. I had aileron. So everything seemed to be working, but I didn't know what it was. Uh, I was, you know, probably 100 and something feet in the air, and so it's not like the glider has um, spoilers or anything. So I just basically turned it back towards us and was coming into the wind, and it, it tracked really straight into the wind. It came down. Um, you know, at a pretty normal rate. What it turned out to be was the canopy. Right. So the canopy departed. Hindsight, we, I should have put a piece of tape or rubber band or something on the canopy to keep it on there, but I didn't know it was going to fly off. And so when we came in and landed, I unplugged the battery. It was a great maiden, very successful. And then we struck out and, you know, we're looking for the canopy and no dice. It was It was long gone, so... I think it went into the next county. That thing is so light, it wind just carried it, uh, you know, into the next neighborhood somewhere. I think. Oh, that's too bad. So, Mike, didn't you didn't you also maiden um, uh, another sort of a wing type plane? I did. Yes, we. Uh, there's um, another guy. His name's Tom. He bought one of the Hobby King uh, little park wings, and when we when we brought it last time, he brought it to me last time. I showed up and you know test fly it to test fly it for him. And we found out that one of the servos that was in the kit was not acting correctly. When he got the kit, it was kind of bound. Um, he plugged it in and tried to get it to move, and it wouldn't move. He had to actually back the servo screw for the control horn out a little bit and kind of work it, and then it kind of cut loose. But what would happen is that when when I you know, moved the control uh, stick, the servo would go up, and then it would kind of chatter until it was in a higher position. So it would only move up uh, about half, and then it would move, move, so move. Until it, was part of the it was broken tooth. Yeah, that's broken tooth. On the- you know, I thought it was broken teeth, but it, I don't think it was. Because when I, when I kind of moved the servo on itself, it, it, it was binding. So there was something in the motor or in the gear system. Uh, normally, if there's no teeth, it'll it'll skip, 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 you know, over those teeth. Um, but this one just seemed to be something wrong with it. And they were digital servos, so I think there was something wrong with the servo. Well, he wound up ordering two new servos. He put those in, well, you know, a couple of weeks, and um, we got it back today. So today when we uh, looked at it, it was needed some adjustment. He tossed it in the air, and it rolled immediately inverted, um, which was kind of disheartening because it's a very it's not a very big wing it's not the size of our tough wings it's about a quarter of that so it's like a 900 millimeter 800 millimeter yes yes so it uses a like a single cell battery you know just one of those lightweight things oh okay and I, i i was i was a little disheartened because it rolled over on its back and and i pushed forward on it but i got no upward you know i got no Forward now, now are you talking about you were just you doing a glide test or you or yes okay. yes i just did just doing a glide test because i wanted to see if it would actually glide because what i've read about these 
is everybody likes them. And, you know, they're real floaty is what everybody said. Well, this one wasn't floaty. It wanted to just roll upside down and then head towards the ground. I didn't have enough to pull it through the bottom. So I just kept it rolling around and, you know, we kind of doinked the nose, kicked the battery out. So I told him, I was like, well, something's not right. Brought it back, you know, looked at the servos again. Everything seemed to be functioning, but I did notice that one uh, aileron or f- I guess it's flapperon or whatever, but Don't one know. was was higher than the other one. So, so after a few more glide tests, we figured out that it, it, you know, we stopped it rolling to the left. And on the very last one, I, I kind of tossed it really low to the ground, just kind of underhanded like a Frisbee and it flow, it, it flew uh track straight. So I hit the motor and, and went around and we, uh, we got it flying a couple of mistakes. high, got it all trimmed out. I will tell you that it is very sensitive because it's so short coupled. So, you know, just a little stick movement, uh, the airplane really wants to kind of, you know, start moving around. So, so I had a, I had a 24 inch, uh, I had a 24 inch, um, tough wing had the same problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the throws were very big, then the thing was just so squirrely. Right. Well, I did notice that the, the Elevons on this airplane like to have a little bit of a trailing droop to them. Like if you put them even, it has a tendency it flies like it's tail heavy but if you if you knock them down just a couple of you know like i put down elevator in it and so it kind of dropped them and then it flew perfect hmm. so i i zipped it around it did a really good job they were all excited i think tom was a little nervous to fly it he told me don't hand me the radio <laughs> cuz normally i get it up trim it out and then while it's still up in the air i'll hand the radio back to the pilot uh, who owns the airplane, and then they can fly it as much as they want. And if they have a problem landing, they can call me back over there, and I'll help them get it back on the ground. But uh, he was like, "Yeah, he's just holding his hands up. You know, don't do it. Don't don't give me the radio. I'm not going to fly that thing today." So it was uh, it was pretty funny, but it did the best uh, flat spin I've ever seen, though. On one of the maidens, that that, that isn't good. We, you know, I got it up there. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I couldn't get it back out because it's so small and it didn't have enough juice. You know, even at full power, it just sped up the spin. Uh, but I think we had, and like I said, it it had a little bit of a nose up, and it felt like it was real tail heavy. Even though there's no tail to a wing, it felt like it was tail heavy, and as a result, it just kind of started fluttering to the ground. Good news is, it's very lightweight. It's made out of EPP. Uh, it just pancaked onto the ground. Nothing got hurt. Uh, it was upright during the whole spin, so that was good oh, news. Yeah. And and the very next very next time we flew it, it was flying fine. So uh, it all worked out. Oh. So that was uh, that was my two maidens for the and, day at the park. Any other excitement at the park? Mm, no, we uh, we got a new member. He uh, he showed up. He he brought a 3D Hobby Shop Edge 540 out there. Ooh. Did a good job flying it. But the, um, you know, other than that, it wasn't really a whole lot going on out of the park today. So I did uh, have a chance to go to a, a another park on the uh, kind of, you know, several miles away and met that group of guys. And they're a great bunch of guys. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to go back over there and chat with them and, and see what they've got going now, on. Now, do they have a name for their little group or? They called it the uh, what did he call it the geezer flight field. 
because <laughs> it's a bunch of retired guys, so they called it Geezer Field. Geezer Field. I thought that was pretty okay. funny. I like that. That's some character. Speaking of field, yeah. so uh, Alaska Mike, you uh, they've completed the field that's uh, up, up where you're at, right? So it's kind of uh, rolled out in dirt and rocks. and Yeah, so um, it's a place that we call Mosquito Field. Um, and because the Mosquito RC um, group are the ones who originally had the field, and so they, um, our uh, president was able to get the city to bring what turns out to be um, recycled asphalt out to the field, and then they put it down, and then they rolled it nice and flat. So now we have a really nice runway. Now, now explain to the, our listeners what that field used to be like. So that field used to be like, a gravel tree, not tree, root infested, big rock infested uh, place. And you could fly stuff there. Uh, it was probably more fun to fly during the winter when there was snow on the ground because then at least you had a reasonably smooth um, you know, runway. But yeah, now it's a, it's a completely different site because it has a re- you know what I would consider a real runway. There's still, the rocks still are it's still kind of gravelly like. Yeah, but it's um, not it's like not the like, boulders. There were boulders. I, I distinctly a remember flying uphill. Uh, yeah, and I had to, right. and I had to avoid right. the boulders. There was a bit of a hill. That's right. <laughs> you know, you'd land. And you're like, oh, what a nice landing, Caraco, and you, you know, you'd hit a boulder or you know, uh, one of the other pitfalls there were. Yeah, I think the runway is now over a hundred yards. Oh wow! No, not, okay, very interesting. I, I mean, I'd love to see it again. It's big. It's big, and it goes. You know, before the runway was sort of sort of stopped because of obstacles, the runway sort of stopped um, short. But now we have the whole entire, you know, there's a drop-off area, and it runs from the hill where there's trees on all the way to where this drop-off is. And uh, it's, you know, it's nice and open. We need plenty of room to land. Wow. Great. Well, that's awesome. I, well, that sounds, yeah. yeah, sounds great. So we're glad you uh, told us about it. Good stuff. Well, and I'm glad I'm glad that it's mosquito field because of the RC mosquito RC group, and not because you were carried away by mosquitoes. Well, I mean, it's possible they named their RC group. Yeah, <laughs> do you that, really think I mean, I, they, call, they decide to call themselves mosquito field yeah, for a I, reason? There's a reason for it. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the I, reason for it. There was probably standing water a lot there, and so there's probably some good a number of mosquitoes. But you know, it's been gotcha. it's been a good place to fly. I really enjoyed uh, flying there. I I like the grass field where I fly better because it's grass field um but uh but i like the, i do like the runway so i'll spend more time there probably now excellent so is it pretty similar to how we had it when we flew on base uh no the asphalt on base was way better oh well and that asphalt kind of sucks so okay well, well anyway well, i guess it's, I mean, the <laughs> it's asphalt the wasn't maintained at on base right because it, yeah. it's just a old old runway area so it had cracks and stuff but this is you know, it's not it's not asphalt; it's recycled asphalt, and it has it hasn't been. You know, it's not like a road, right? Yeah, they just lay it down and they run a flat one of those. Yeah, they rolled flat it. Things. Yeah, okay. Yeah, roll it. Right. Well, hey, so there's still there's still some pieces, still kind no, of chunky some rocks that stick up and right. And so I right. think maybe maybe if we play on it in a year for the year, it'll it'll harden up over time and then maybe we should roll it one more time or something that well, it's going to harden up in, in another month 
<laughs> what the what, well, what the frost <laughs> will melt hard when there's no snow or, wa- or anything else on it. I mean, I think it'll right. just harden up. Right, right. For time. Well, very cool. Yeah. Excellent. Unfortunately, we're out of time uh, tonight, but uh, Mike would love to have you again on the podcast if um, you're willing to uh, join us. Sure. Or, or if you or you got to stand back in line to to get the call. We're going to do a show, air show on the tenth. Oh, the, perfect! An air field. show, yeah. and where is it going to be? At the Mosquito Field. Oh, okay. And, and who's putting it on? Uh, the Frontier Fun Flyers. Uh, right. Here in Alaska. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. And who? Is, who's invited? Is it for the public? Yeah, yeah, or? for the public. Yeah, it's, a, it's an air show for the public. Uh, there'll be Excellent. there'll be uh, guys who who fly 3D planes, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We actually did our air show a couple weeks ago, but it was it rained, so it was a little spotty. We did uh, we had paintballs, guns, shooting at planes and stuff like that. And I have a core class plane I fly. And, before shooting at that was a good fun. We had a great time. Oh well, we need to talk about that. Well, so, so if you're in the uh, Anchorage uh, Anchorage area, is that that's correct? Yeah, in Anchorage. In Anchorage. Yep. It, All right. Is there somebody uh, that they can contact, or is there a website or something? They yeah, if you go to the FrontierFunFlyers.org website, uh, there'll be a flyer on that website. Perfect. Well, if you're up in the area. Uh, go to the Fun Flyers website and uh, cl- check it out. Look for mosquito. You can actually field. meet. You can actually meet uh, Mike B. right there. That's right? it. That's You'll be impressed. <laughs> You'll be amazed. Yeah, you'll be amazed. So who knows? And you, Mike, you, you might have all these groupies. You didn't even know about it. I, I doubt <laughs> it, but yeah, it could be. There you go. Nothing wrong with that, man. I'll tell you what. So. <laughs> well, a shout out to all the fun flyers. Good luck on your. Uh, you know, in your air show out there, hope you get uh, a good attendance. And um, for those listeners up in the Alaska area, and I know there's a few up there because uh, we've gotten comments from them, but enjoy this show and see if you can get out there and, and meet Mike and uh, and have fun. So, Jay, good luck on your uh, maiden on this flight. Thanks. I mean, on this build. Thanks. Yeah. I'll probably have it done so another day or two and uh, be hopefully maiden it this weekend. Good. Well, you'll have to let us know how that works. I will, as always. And, uh, yeah. And Mike, thanks for joining us once again. Sure, no problem. Glad All to be right, here. Perfect. Excellent. So, well, we'll uh, we hope to have you on another uh, podcast episode. You're becoming a regular, and we enjoy it. So. Well, thanks. That, that works out for yeah. us. Okay. Well, for uh, Michael here in Arizona Studios. And Jay from the Ala- uh, Alaska. <laughs> I have flashbacks. From the Texas studios. We appreciate you joining us here on the Park Flyer Podcast and have a great night. See ya. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.